When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, and welcome to the final episode of Ahsoka, episode eight, the finale. I have a lot to say. I feel like this episode really opened more doors than closed them. And I guess that's what's to be expected with a show that will continue on to a season two or a movie, which would be Dave Filoni's Heir to the Empire movie, I assume. First, let's start off with the breakdown. And then as we go through scene by scene, we can really decipher what is going on and take it back to Rebels, to Clone Wars, and to things that George and Dave have said in interviews. So before we begin, I would love it if you guys would hit the like button as this is the last breakdown for probably a while. And I'm really thankful that you've all have been here with me for the journey. So we start the episode with Thrawn's ship completing the cargo transport. Now, obviously, he's putting together a lot of the Night Sisters that are, I believe, in these caskets or even the cryo chambers because they all seem to have lights on them, maybe showing their stasis or perhaps their vitals. The time that Thrawn bought them by sending Sabine out to see Ezra was definitely a victorious move. And something I remember from episode seven was that he said he wisely sent Sabine out far to buy them time, which always made me wonder, you know, does he know where Ezra is? And if he does, then why didn't he just kill him off? Anyways, he says to Elsbeth to bring the Eye of Sion out of orbit so they can attach to it. Now, the Eye of Sion, of course, is the massive hyperspace ring, but also Sion is, you know, Darth Sion from Legends, which was essentially this Sith that could not die. He just was so fueled with rage that he allowed his body to be literally broken to pieces until you'd wonder how this person is still alive, but that's the power of the dark side. And also I noticed that Sion has, you know, lots of cracks and stuff in him, kind of like Thrawn's ship and everything, which is the Kintsuki theme that they're playing on with the breaking of things and putting him back together with gold. He's also informed that Ahsoka, Sabine, and Ezra have been found, where Elsbeth tells him there's nothing that the Jedi can do now. He gets very very stern and says that he's watched many Imperial officers make the same assumption about the rebellion, meaning with Luke Skywalker. Even if I fell victim to the heroics of a single Jedi, never again, he says. Here, of course, he's speaking of Ezra, who is the reason why he's in this place to begin with. After Ezra held him in place during Rebels and the Pergil used intergalactic hyperspace to transport him here and have him stuck here. The grandmothers grant Morgan Elsbeth a new power for her loyalty to them by rewarding her with the gift of shadows, unlocking her potential like the great dragon did to Piccolo, making him orange. They also give her a gift, the Blade of Talzin. Now, the Blade of Talzin is pretty cool because it's Mother Talzin's sword that she conjured to fight Mace Windu in the Clone Wars. This is a magical blade that is imbued with dark magic to block a lightsaber. She's basically Elsbeth 2.0. 
Ezra builds his lightsaber in Hu Yang's part of the ship and tells him that Kanan was his master and taught him how to build a lightsaber. Kanan was taught by Depa Balaba, fun fact, who was taught by Mace Windu, so it's a long chain that leads back to Yoda who taught Mace as well at one point. Ezra is looking for the emitter piece like his master's when Hu Yang helps him find it, create a similar replica of Kanan's, saying that he taught Kanan how to build a lightsaber too. Sabine looks sad as she watches on, and she's sad that Ahsoka didn't train her to build the lightsaber, or to be as good as Kanan taught Ezra. So Hu Yang informs Ezra that he is a very good student, and this is when she leaves. She's obviously jealous or you know, feeling upset. So the droid explains that Sabine was training as a Jedi with anger, and this anger stems from the Empire destroying Mandalore in the Mandalorian Purge. And Ahsoka feels if Sabine were to unlock her potential because of the Night of a Thousand Tears, she would turn to the dark side and maybe become dangerous. This potential she is talking about unlocking is, I think, in relation to her ancestry of House Vizsla. Tar Vizsla was the first Mandalorian Jedi ever in history, and this makes Sabine the heir, perhaps, to that legacy where she could have the potential for Force powers. Now, originally, I wasn't really a big fan of Sabine using the Force, but seeing as how George always said that anyone can use the Force if they just want to train bad enough, but then also understanding that perhaps Sabine is actually related to the first Mandalorian Jedi ever, who, of course, had Force powers. We see parts of this in Rebels, of course, when Sabine's dad takes her to the statue itself of Tar Vizsla when she was a kid. And then, of course, there's an episode where she was coming to Lothal and she's with Zeb and a few of the others. And she said, did you guys hear that voice? And he says, what voice? And it seems like she's the only one that can kind of hear these things. So I think it was always meant for her to use the force or have some sort of force power that she never developed because she became a Mandalorian. So Ahsoka and Sabine talk outside the ship and Ahsoka talks about Anakin and how he always stood by her, even when no one else did. What she's primarily referring to is when the entire Jedi Order turned their back on Ahsoka, but Anakin didn't, and in fact went to track down Barriss Afi, who betrayed Ahsoka and was responsible for everything that went wrong. He always believed in her, when no one else did. Ahsoka vows to do the same for Sabine, and tells her that being a Jedi isn't about using a lightsaber. I think she means it's more about mastery of the Force, because then you can really use your lightsaber as an extension of yourself, and extension of the Force. As Ezra comes out of the ship to tell them that he's done building his lightsaber, he sees two TIE fighters shooting at them, crashing their ship, as Ahsoka and Ezra drop to hold it up with the Force. Sabine and Huyang try to take off. They do so with Ahsoka and Ezra's help propelling them, so Sabine takes out the two TIEs, then crash lands, but she's okay. Thrawn is told about the news and calculates that they should prepare for ground assault. However, as Ezra, Sabine, and Ahsoka ride the hounds to Thrawn's ship, they dodge the blaster fire, use the force to open the door, and narrowly make it inside. Something I found interesting during this scene was also that Ahsoka asked for Sabine to use the force to help. Any little bit would have helped them in this scenario. Pretty cool scene here visually. Ahsoka, Ezra, and Sabine all use their lightsabers at the foot of the staircase against the night troopers. They take them all out until, of course, the Great Mothers use their magic, their dark magic, to make the night troopers the undead. At which point, I became a little bit confused as to why the heroes didn't just dismember them. I feel like Obi-Wan and Anakin would have cut their limbs or mauled them, much like, you know, the B-1 battle droids. Whether in the ship of the Invisible Hand or any time of the Clone Wars or, you know, when they landed on the Invisible Hand in Episode 3. Thrawn tells Elsbeth she has to sacrifice herself for the Empire and stay behind to fight Ahsoka. She understands and obliges, saying, for Dathomir, she is doing all this for Dathomir, her home, planet, 
where once Thrawn gets back to the previous galaxy, he'll take the Great Mothers to Dathomir and rebirth the dead Night Sisters on Dathomir, giving him a powerful army of new allies. I think this deal with the Mothers is to transport all of them to Dathomir, then use them as his army. It's kind of like a win-win scenario, I guess, for both of them. Ahsoka fights Elsbeth while Ezra and Sabine fight the undead Death Troopers. Sabine is pinned up against the wall and uses the Force to summon her green lightsaber to eliminate the threat. Ezra does the same. Now, a lot of people during the live watch party here were wondering, how come Ahsoka is having a hard time against Elsbeth, but she defeated Darth Maul when she was a teenager on the Siege of Mandalore? To this I say, yeah, there's a bit of an inconsistency. I think, you know, Maul was definitely a better fighter, of course. But this is like a very powered up, very dangerous, very magical night sister who's been literally 2.0'd. So, hey. I guess that answers that. Not the great answer, but it is what it is. Personally, I would have liked to have seen a resurrection of maybe, you know, someone who looks like Vader or Anakin to maybe throw Ahsoka off emotionally, and then we could buy into the whole fact that, yeah, you know, she's not doing her best because she's so conflicted. So while Ahsoka fights Elsbeth, Ezra and Sabine fight the undead Death Troopers. Now, she uses the Force to push Ezra onto Thrawn's ship as well, successfully, and she ended up stranded there with Ahsoka as she goes to help fight the Night Troopers while Ahsoka fights Elsbeth. Now, I know many didn't like this. I didn't like this myself. And once I started to kind of think about what Hu Yang said about Sabine's potential from Ahsoka, I was started to really maybe think that her lineage of Tar Vizsla would have passed down to her in some sense and that she does have potential. Ahsoka kills Elsbeth and she gets a ride from Hu Yang with Sabine, but not before, of course, her Shoto lightsaber being sliced in the battle. And this, of course, is her short one. So now she just has that one. However, I did notice it on her belt again when she was riding back to Hu Yang. So maybe he fixed it. I don't know. Maybe it's an inconsistency. Who knows? They head into space and follow Thrawn's ship when he opens up a channel and tells her that once he knew she was Anakin Skywalker's apprentice, he calculated what her moves would have been like and tells her that's how he concluded her strategies and that one wonders just how similar she might become to him, turning into Darth Vader, of course. He thinks maybe this is where she belongs, away from any kind of civilization or living galaxy, so that she won't destroy it like Vader did. He jumps to intergalactic hyperspace and travels to the other galaxy we all know and love, with Ezra hiding on board, just like Obi-Wan did on Padme's ship heading to Mustafar to fight Anakin. They set up camp on Peridia and they seem to be happy, which I found kind of confusing, but I guess they are hopeful that they'll get back to their world. Ahsoka looks off into the distance and sees the owl Morai. Now this owl follows her everywhere. We've seen her in Mando Season 2. We've seen her in Rebels. We've seen her in The Clone Wars. This is the daughter the light side of the Force. In the Clone Wars, I'll give you a quick rundown, there was a mysterious planet called Mortis that Ahsoka, Anakin, and Obi-Wan ended up on, and she became corrupted with the dark side from the sun, killing her, until the daughter put her powers into Ahsoka and revives her from death. And ever since, this owl follows her around. Shin goes to the nomads and raises her orange lightsaber, joining their cause and their clan. Balin walks along the outstretched stone hand of the father, the balance of the force, and next to him is the sun, the embodiment of the dark side. And on the other side of him is the daughter, but headless. I believe she's headless because Ahsoka took that position and now she is the daughter, the purity, embodiment of the light side. Off in the distance, we see the glimmering atop a mountain in the far depths of the valley. What is this? Well, this is actually the same scene that is from The Clone Wars Season 3, Episode 15, Minute 805, where Anakin is running to the top of the mountain peak with the same glimmering light. When he enters, it's the father who speaks with him. 
the balance in the Force. I believe this is where Balin is going, and what's calling to him, and what he will find in the unknown. Perhaps it's the sun who calls to him. As I've mentioned, Balin's skull, you know, skull is the name of the wolf that chases the sun in Norse mythology who of course is chasing the sun here, but you know, the sun of Mortis and not the sun that revolves around Earth. He could also be trying to go to the pool of knowledge. Now, this was something that offered knowledge of all the realms of the past, the future, and whatever else, possibly, if you bathed in it. Now, even simply looking at it gave you visions in the Force. In Legends, both Luke and Jason were offered the chance to go into the pool of knowledge. However, they both declined. Now, this is interesting because Abeloth is known as the mother. We have the father, the son, the daughter, and we have the mother. Abeloth actually drank from the font of power, bathing in the pool of knowledge. Now, she first lived as a servant. This was a human woman, a mortal woman, who served the one, served the father, the daughter, and the sun. And this all took place over 100,000 years before episode four, before Luke had the trench run to blow up the Death Star. And her journey there, her essentially her role, was that she was kind of like the mother, the mother of all of them. She kept the peace between the fighting siblings and the father. So because she was mortal and because she loved her family there, she tried to become immortal herself. So she drank from the font of power and bathed in the pool of knowledge. And these actions are what corrupted her, transforming the mother into the twisted, immortal entity known as Abeloth. And so when the father found out about what she had done, he actually left the planet with the son and the daughter, stranding Abeloth. Now, she kept trying to escape, and it was the ones that ended up putting her back in her place in this imprisonment and trapping her in there. And this went on for eons and eons, millennia upon millennia, until, of course, their death, to which we don't know if she escaped after that. Now, in Legends, you know, Luke ended up going and fighting Abeloth, and she's pretty much insanely powerful, but I don't know if they're actually going to incorporate her into canon. I think she would be pretty far-fetched to do. However, it's possible. I think if they're going to incorporate something like that, they would probably have to first give us more knowledge about the son. I think that would be a little more interesting than going on to the mother, seeing as how we know really nothing about any of them. As Ahsoka and Sabine make camp at night and look out into the night, they speak about how Ezra is right where he needs to be, which of course is with Hera now, and they feel hope. Sabine looks out and thinks she sees some light, and this is of course Anakin Skywalker as a force ghost, which Ahsoka is able to see, whereas Sabine wasn't. He's wearing his brown Jedi robes, and I think the reason he's not wearing his white ones are because he's embodying the balance that is Anakin Skywalker and not so much the pure light side of Anakin right after Return of the Jedi. I think he took the mantle, took the role of balance, and that of course I think is not white, it's not dark, it's in between. Going forwards, I think season one set up the story for Dave's movie for Ahsoka season two really well. This now completely shelves Ahsoka in the fight against Thrawn until she's back in the same galaxy and leaves Luke Skywalker as the hero, just like heir to the Empire. I wonder if Ezra will learn from Luke and they will work with Hera to bring together a new rebellion with Mon Mothma, who in Legends was very pro-Luke and the Jedi. I think Cal Kestis and Mirren, who is a Knight Sister, will have a role in the show as well. I think we'll see them probably have some conflict with one another, seeing as how Dathomir is being resurrected by Thrawn and the great mothers who welcome her home. But Cal obviously will side with the Jedi, Luke and Ezra. Thrawn will try to take over the rest of the galaxy, I'm sure, while the witches will resurrect maybe Darth Maul or Asajj Ventress, or a newcomer will join the fight, possibly formulating George Lucas's original plans for the sequel trilogy, which had Maul and Talon wage war against Luke and the galaxy. 
I think this show really was able to build upon the lore that is Star Wars and really expand it. Personally, I think the Mortis arc and the Ones are probably the most interesting to learn about, since we don't really know anything about them, and they're really fascinating and curious beings, very mysterious. I have a ton of different videos that I'm going to make regarding everything in this episode, as I think there's more loose ends that are left loose than tied. I hope you guys enjoyed the watch parties, enjoyed the breakdowns, and enjoyed all the videos that have been released, as well as the ones yet to come. I look forward to seeing you all in the next watch party, as well as the live streams. Thank you so much for being part of this amazing journey, and I will see you all in the next video. Until then, remember, the Force will be with you, always.